Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome, everybody. Thanksgiving week here of the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Got an NFL round them up and wrap them up today. And, of course, we'll uh, preview a lot of the college football that happened over the weekend. we got other stuff off the sports page to get to. A little NASCAR race in the President's Cup and golf. And college basketball. All kinds of things to sort it out. How we will do it in the next 57 minutes and 24 seconds. I'm not quite sure, but we will be... Uh, Brave in the attempt. I can guarantee you that. The big dog and the coach at your service. It's a shortened week. We'll be off, what, David? Thursday and Friday this week, right? So when they only got three days, big dog, no reason to pace yourself this week. You're only going three days. Go hard, go strong, or go home, my friend. Uh, I will do two of the three. I'm almost afraid to ask which two. Well, going home is definitely one of them. How are you, my friend? Great to talk to you. A lot of football to talk about. Big win by the Chicago Bears, and uh, we'll talk about the injury. I don't want to forget the game, though, because a lot happened in that San Diego game. Big win for the Bears. We'll do the NFL, round them up and wrap them up. But obviously the uh, thumb injury the, on the right hand, the throwing hand. I say keep Cutler in there and let him throw with his left hand. Uh, I have no problem with that because I, I bet you his left arm is stronger than most people's right arm. Yeah. Go to the short passing attack. You know, you got to adjust a few things, but nobody's suggested that. Uh, Cloudy has suggested bring in a shot per foot expert. Cutler doesn't need his thumb and just have him spin and shoot it out like a shot foot every time he needs to throw the ball. I like that thought process is. We'll be looking I, I, for other creative ideas from our listeners. You want to chime in, 888-463-6748. Cloudy, of course, for those new listeners, is uh, one of the roommates at what you call at your house the United Nations. Yeah, it's definitely the United Nations here. So that's not actually a bad uh, idea on what to do. It wouldn't be the quickest release, but uh, Mm -hmm. it can work. All right, so so shot put coach, uh, learned how to throw left-handed. And by the way, I'm not putting down Caleb Haney. I'm a Caleb Haney fan. I've been saying for a while they should have given him more reps in some of the games that were out of reach. And, you know, you remember back in uh, the, the championship game last year, Caleb Haney came in, big dog, and not just one or two plays, but, I mean, he looked pretty impressive under pressure. So there is hope, you know, the backup quarter. I worry about the backup to the backup, but uh, I'm a longtime Caleb Haney guy. I'm not sure why, but I am. Uh, Haney played awesome last year in the NFC Championship game. If it wasn't for the interception to the fat dude, B.J. Raja, I mean, he would have played pretty much an unbelievable game if you consider that he was just thrown in the middle of the midst when uh, mm-hmm. Ty Collins had made even a worse mess of everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you put Haney in instead of Todd Collins last year, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, the game's totally different uh, with the, with the Packers. So I'm not about to cancel the season just because our quarterback's going to be out for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, there's there's three quarterbacks on the roster for a reason because in an NFL season, about 90% of the teams are going to need your backup quarterback yep. for a couple weeks. So I, I'm not about to cancel Christmas because Jay Cutler's hurt for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you on that optimism, opportunity for Caleb Haney, and now look at the bright side. When we get Cutler back, we're going to have even a more experienced backup. How about that for the glass-half-full theory? Now, 
The medical experts early on are saying six to eight weeks. You're a guy that's been in the trenches, big dog. You've been in an athletic trainer's room. You've seen people without clothes on in the locker room. Uh, but I digress. What are uh, your thoughts on a right thumb like that? Is something that's something he could come back maybe a little bit sooner than expected? No, I don't. I don't think he's going to uh, whatsoever. This isn't. This isn't. This doesn't have anything to do. Like you can say, oh, he can bear the pain and all that. He's got to clutch the ball. He's got to hold the ball with that thumb. Mm-hmm. That's got to be the worst injury to have as a quarterback. So I, I'm, would, I'm a little worried about it. Anybody that's injured their thumb, I think, would know that. It's amazing. It's the old story. You don't miss it until you don't have it. But you. But you. Maybe not even a broken thumb, but in debilitated in any ways, it really, you don't realize how much you use your thumb. It totally throws you off, let alone trying to play professional football. Yeah, it, it, taking the snap. Think about it. 65 times he's going to have uh, Roberto Garza slam a football as hard as he possibly can into that thumb. Yep. Roberto, you know, please, you don't be, snap please a ball be. half ass. You know, you really drop it in, onto somebody's hand. So, yeah. Serious injury. That's a shame. All right. So, well, we'll look for some other creative suggestions. So far, uh, hire a shot put coach. I was not aware, but a shot put is thrown without using use the, th- the thumb? No, no. You, you basically flat palm. You put your thumb right next to your index finger, coach, basically, and, oh. and you cup it. Okay. You know, you don't wrap it around like you're throwing a ball. It's more of like a push exercise. Okay. Push. Yes. Pull. Okay. All right. Well, we'll check that out, but maybe, uh, you know, we got some other creative suggestions, find ways to keep Cutler in the lineup. You know, it's only a right thumb. We can figure out a way. 888-463-6748. We got the NFL round them up and wrap them up. Some interesting upsets out there. Got a big weekend of college football to talk about. Uh, big to hope you had a, uh, didn't officially welcome you to the show here and our listeners, of course, hope you had a great weekend. I know your, uh, female compatriot of late is out of town, but hopefully without that, you still had a, um, Touch me, feel me weekend. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would call her as of late. I, I would. This is my last one, coach, that I'm ever going to wow. have. Wow, that's strong. That's strong. It, no, it is. Yeah, that, okay. that I'm, I'm 100 percent positive about right. that, coach. All right, now don't you know? Don't get down on one knee anytime soon without consulting with me. I would like a little before you do anything drastic. You know, the the two guys that are Mike listeners now, we're all family. So I yes, think this so, is the. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Jim, for listening. <laughs> Not literally, but uh, you know there are people out there, the silent majority of listeners out there who look at you somewhat as part of their dysfunctional family, and uh, you know before any drastic moves in your marital life, family life, we'd like to at least talk about it a little bit before you make so a big I, move. I would promise you that it's at least a year off before I would do anything like that, Coach. Now I feel better. Okay. And, and trust, trust me, I've already worked it out where it's, uh, uh, nuptials will be done sometime in either February, January, no, February. It's only going to be February in the last three weeks of February <laughs> or June, July, August. Those are the, I have like a, an eight week to 12 week window that I could actually do that. Coach. I'm assuming you're, you're checking out different sporting events and deciding which weekend you could do it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, we can get the, the 96 floor signature rule for $2,000 on, <laughs> On next December 3rd, I'll be like, no, 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 LSU's playing Arkansas next year. Can't have that happen. What? What are you talking well, about? Illinois is playing Northwestern. That's going to be one heck of a battle. I don't know if we can do it on that day either. You know, so. Second or third week of January, that could be little NFC wild card, NFC championship game. I don't know if you want to do it then either. Well, you can do it on the, the AFC and NFC championship Saturday night because nobody has a problem waking up hungover watching a little football coach. Well, but That's champ- not that big of a deal. 
But there are games on both Saturday and Sunday, so you got to find. I, I said AFC NFC Championship Sunday. There's okay. no games on Saturday. Okay, that's a the good only, call. The only thing that's on Saturday is you're going to be missing that's... like the Georgetown versus Seton Hall game, okay. which uh, with in basketball nobody wants to miss okay, that. Okay, that's a good weekend. I like that. That's solid. Yeah, and don't. Yeah, okay. And the Sunday games what start twelve o'clock, one o'clock, even later than that. They pushed them back so people would definitely. No, no, no. no the the the, the, Sunday, the NFC. Yeah, they actually start at two o'clock. Right. And the second game starts at six o'clock because mm-hmm, they get better ratings in the evening. So that's good. All right. That well, that's that's thinking ahead. Don't make the mistake that I did, by the way, because I, you know, it's a long time ago, but for whatever reason, uh, it was scheduled on March twenty eighth, my anniversary, and I okay. knew in advance. And we only had about four or five months. We had a pretty short engagement situation, but I knew in advance that was going to be a problem. I mean, right in the middle of March, man. I don't know. I had a weak moment, big dog, early years, you know prior to marriage, uh, influenced so, by the female commodity. It was a moment of weakness. What can I tell you? It came back to bite me because that the day of my wedding was the day of the Kentucky-Duke college basketball game. What was that, a Final Four game? or a, No, no, no. I was going to tell you, that was a, without question. If It was a March 28th, and it was a Saturday night, which which that, that the Duke-Kentucky game was definitely a Saturday night. That's a regional final game because don't forget the okay. – the, the the NCAA basketball championships has been the first Saturday and Monday in yes. April. Well, the the first Monday in April is where the championship game is always held. So this was the right to get to the Final Four, the regional finals. Which, so there was two regional yeah. final games that day. That yeah. was 1992 that you were married. Wow. wow, twenty years this March. God bless. So I, I was right. I nailed it right on the head, right? Oh, it's unbelievable. And and every time, you know me, I'm a huge co- Yeah, you're exactly right, 1992. So, I just want to let you know, that game, I was going out with my boy Sonny Duccio, and I was watching that game. I mean, it's one of the most phenomenal games ever, but the Friday night before, I stayed out till 8 o'clock in the morning. I was asleep on the couch during that part of the game. So uh, you, I, I can't make fun of you for missing that because at least you were getting married to a beautiful blonde woman that, you, that you've that <laughs> lusted after for years. I was too drunk for the night before, and I fell asleep on the couch. That's why I missed that game. So I, I can't make fun of you for scheduling. All of a sudden, I feel a little bit better, Dave. And, of course, the reason you were at the wedding, in case any of our listeners are wondering back then, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think I knew you. So I was, you were, I did not know yeah. you yet, because no. just in the, it was going to take just over 10 years before I met you. Okay. Because otherwise, you know, rest assured, you would have been invited to the wedding. I feel bad you weren't there. But I don't feel that bad because I didn't know you back then, so at least I have an out. But, yeah, so I'm a huge college basketball fan, and every time they come out with, like, top ten games of the century or, you know, greatest games in college basketball history, almost always, number one, the best game in college basketball history. I'm a huge fan. On my wedding day, did not get to see it, and trust me, many of my friends remind me of it early and often. You know, that is the greatest non-title game in the in the history uh, of college sports, probably. Yep. Not, because – uh, that Kentucky team, I don't know how they didn't win the national title. The only reason why they didn't win the national title is because they had to play Duke. I mean, really, that's, that Kentucky team may be the best Kentucky team of all time. So That was uh, Grant Hill on the pass and tight end Christian Leitner on the completion. Is that the right, yeah. correct, two guys? Yeah, and yep. Calvin and Calvin Hill crying on the sidelines. They always show that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? His hand yeah. behind his head and he's yep. crying. I can't believe he won. No, you're supposed to cry when you lose, not when you win. All right. Well, Come most on, importantly, Big Dog, <laughs> learn from my mistake, and, and I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, if if this comes to fruition, we're jumping the gun a little bit. You're still early in the relationship, but plan ahead and make sure it's not a big sporting weekend. Well, uh, I know she's, she's not listening because right now she's somewhere – 
in Taipei enjoying the nightlife. Nice. So I got, I got a, I got we, a little. We have uh, listeners in Taipei. Well, I got, a, I got We do have a lot of listeners over there, and I, I got an email from her. Oh. And it was like just had a blast. Was enjoying the nightlife in Hong Kong. Got a little drunk and ate a bunch of chicken tongue. Ooh. So I guess one of the things is you go out in Hong Kong, you enjoy the nightlife, which is like the safest place in the world. Yeah. And then. You go to these little boutique places and they serve crazy stuff like chicken feet and chicken tongue. And she said when she was really drunk, the chicken tongue tasted delicious. They put 50 chicken tongues out on a platter with toothpicks in them. Oof. And they put some type of breading and stuff around it. And she says it's like a delicacy there. <sighs> so that's where everybody goes. They get, they, get chi- they don't waste any part of the chicken is what I'm told. They use everything, even the bones. Probably It probably doesn't taste bad, but just the thought, knowing that it's chicken tongue would be would be uh, bothersome to me. This, this actually could be a discussion for another time if we didn't have yes. all the sports going on, and I yeah. will bring this up because it's interesting, but I said to a, a, a Chinese girl, hey, I'll eat anything. She's like, oh, you will? <laughs> Biggest mistake I've ever made in my entire life. <laughs> oh, my God, Coach. The stuff this girl eats, it's unbelievable. Wow. She's tiny, she's beautiful, and the, she puts any organ in her, in her system that's possible. She eats hearts, she eats livers. You name it, kidneys, this girl will eat it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I guess I won't eat anything. Now, your, um, your girlfriend did not mention, hopefully, about meeting any guy named, like, Wong Lo or anything down there. No, no, no. Uh, no, no I, okay. I, and uh, i got to be quite honest with you, Coach. I am not the jealous type. Because anybody who's like, oh, no, they're going to cheat on me. You know what ends up happening? That person cheats on you. I, I, I said, go out to Hong Kong, Taipei, have as much so, fun as you possibly can. I'll see you in two weeks. It's sort of like sports. I'm not the type, Coach. If you play not to lose, you're going to lose. You're, you keep throwing the ball down the field. That's the big dog's approach. That, that is, that is up, my point. Pick up first downs. Pick up first downs. Work the ball down the field. You get a ball across the goal line. Yeah, do, you think I, do you think I worry about uh, like a, a blitzed linebacker that's going to get me blindside? <laughs> Coach, I, I know the hot rates. Okay? I'll, I'll get rid of the ball as quick as possible. All right. I like that, Coach. All right. Love the football analogies here, but we got a lot of football to talk yeah. about. So we got the injury to Jay Cutler. Beyond that, it was a very nice Chicago Bear victory, a very workmanlike, very, uh, uh, you know, professional. We had some guys step up that haven't stepped up before, uh, i.e. dot, 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 Johnny Knox. We had a Johnny Knox sighting. He made a couple of tremendous catches. But the overall, very good performance by the Bear. What was that, their fourth win in a row? That's their fifth win in a row, Coach. You sure about that? They were two and three when I put a fork in them because they got blown out on Monday Night Football. They've won five consecutive football games, Coach. They're seven and three right now. So, so a lot of the stuff we said about Jerry Ansel and Lovey Smith, we may have to take back. No, no, no. We don't have to take anything back because you started a trend two weeks ago. Okay, when you said something very simple after they uh, blew the Eagles off the football field, and you said it last week when they played extremely solid football again was wow. We're watching a well-coached professional football team. Finally. That was basically the quote that you used two weeks ago. You used it last week. And, Coach, you can use it again. As a Chicago Bear fan, win or lose, I am so proud of the football that these guys have played the last five weeks. They block. They tackle. They don't commit penalties. They play first-class hard football. Last week, Detroit, Detroit brought knives, guns, chicken wire to a gang fight and the Bears didn't, you know, fall into that trap. They went out there and played solid football for 60 minutes and they did it again this past week. At least they played a classy team. The San Diego did not do anything cheap or low down a whole entire 60 minutes of football. 
Mm-hmm. Just proud to be a Bear fan right now. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, I want to say it again. Caleb Haney is our quarterback coach, and I, I do realize I'm disappointed like every other Bear fan because Jake Cullert was playing that position of quarterback as well as the, we've seen any Bear quarterback play it yep. since the 60s. And I, I wasn't around when Billy Wade was winning championships in, in, the, in, the, in 1963, Coach. So I don't know how well he played. But the season is not over. Okay, this team is playing at such a high level. I don't want Caleb Haney to come in there and have the mentality, I don't want to lose the game for him. No, 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 just play quarterback, Caleb Haney. You're going to need to make some plays for the Bears to win in Oakland. Okay? The Bears aren't going to beat Oakland by Caleb Haney going into the huddle, just like like I was talking about the mentality of like your girlfriend. They're not gonna, if he comes in there being like, don't worry, guys, they won't lose the game for us. Well, guess what? We've just lost. Okay, so... He needs to just go out there and play NFL. Yeah, we, we don't want to hear Lovey Smith tomorrow say, "Well, you know, Lovey will or uh, Caleb is Caleb's our guy. He will manage the game for us." You know, we don't want Caleb to make mistakes. And you know, I, no, I'm completely with you. I like your philosophy. You got to come out and you got to you got to make plays. Obviously, take care of the football. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic on Caleb Haney and a little bit. Uh, even though you're disappointed with Cutler getting injured, it is yeah. exciting to see the backup step step in. But you bring up a great point because. Most of us in Chicago were frustrated with Cutler, both in performance and attitude for the first two years and even the first three games of the season. But finally, finally, the last, I would say it's the last four games, in my opinion, he has really played like an outstanding quarterback, and his attitude has changed a little bit, too. He's yeah. smiling, a little bit more affable you know, he's, he, uh, to the, to well, the media. You smile when you don't have a helmet in your chest 20 different times a football yeah. game. When it only happens twice. It's a lot easier to smile, Coach. That, that's part of it, and I think you listen to the players. He's just the kind of guy who had to get used to everyone. Maybe uh, that aloofness, you know, and early on was just uncomfortability in a social situation. Different guys have different personality, but whatever it is, finally, the last four or five games, you had a, like you said, the best quarterback play the Chicago Bears have had in a long time, and now he gets injured. So even though I'm excited to see what Haney could do, it is a shame that at this point, at his very height, Cutler gets hurt. Yeah, I'm not excited whatsoever to see I, Caleb Hayes. I am. You know, I, I am. I'm not. It's more like, it, but I'm just, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not about to put my head between my legs and right. kiss my ass goodbye because Caleb Haney's playing. I would much rather see Cutler mm-hmm. out there. Uh, the idea of this team, I'm going I'm to ask you this question, because I know what your answer is going to be because both of us believe in, Pushing the ball downfield, being like being a collective on offense and doing everything. So if they call all of a sudden Caleb Haney comes in here and they decide to run the ball at the middle ninety percent of the time and have them not swing the ball around whatsoever, the Bulls, are, the Bears are going to get hammered. So we know that, but I just want to just throw this out there for everybody. Okay, imagine it's the middle of the second quarter, the Bears are down three nothing, they're not moving the ball that well offensively, and Caleb Haney, they, hey, let's try to stretch the defense. Caleb Haney throws an interception. Okay. And it's in the Bears' territory. Are are you really that worried that the Bears are going to lose? The Bears' defense is so good. They're so good at stopping people inside the red zone. They're so good at getting the ball back. We can afford Caleb Haney to take a chance. We don't have to play. Oh, no, we can't afford to lose. We can play to win because our defense is so good. We cannot get into the whole don't hurt me style of offense with Caleb Haney. Our defense is good enough that we can go out and be like, Caleb Haney, you can make a couple mistakes. Don't worry about it. Go out there and play quarterback. Yeah. Honestly, that they have to play that way. Coach. Completely, completely agree with you. Others might not. Eight 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 four six three six seven 
four eight. Talk a little Bears football. Get to the NFL. Round them up and wrap them up in just a couple of minutes. But uh, yeah, I completely agree with everything you said about him and that that philosophy. And uh, um, you know, I, you got Mike Martz who I think has that same sort of philosophy. I don't think he's the kind to get conservative. And even the play calling yesterday, big dog. When the running game was stopped a little bit, even when we had the lead, I thought we played very aggressive, threw the ball down the field, even had a, what, a fake punt, right, with a 10-point yeah. ten, ten lead. I mean, the fake punt, so I liked the way the Bears were not protecting the lead, but they stayed aggressive. I thought the play call in the last couple of weeks has been outstanding. Coach, if you look around earlier in the season, it hasn't happened the last couple of weeks, but for the first, like, five to six weeks of this year, the trend was massive leads – being overcome by teams. Do you remember how, how many, like, 23- and 28-point leads were blown in the first couple of weeks of the season? Mm-hmm. Each one of those games, the team with the big lead got completely and totally conservative. It was like, hey, let's just try to get out of here with the win. In nowadays NFL, that's a really risky proposition to do that. You have to play 60 minutes not to lose but to win. Even if you have a 25-point lead in the fourth quarter, you know, there's you just can't hand it off and close your eyes and just hope that you don't fumble anymore. Because nowadays it seems like every single NFL team could go right down the field, you know, in two or three minutes and then you know get get a lot of momentum. So they have to keep on attacking people. Because if you do not let Caleb Haney attack, all of a sudden the Oakland Raiders will start attacking, and we do not need a backup quarterback getting blitzed and getting the crap beat out of him by the Oakland Raiders. We know that Caleb Haney is going to get blitzed next week. Wouldn't you agree, Coach? The Raiders play a lot of man-to-man. Well, I would say yeah, they're going to blitz, and they're also going to, in San Diego, basically had the same strategy, but it burned them. They're going to put seven or eight in the box, stop Matt Forte, Mm -hmm. and blitz or no blitz, they're going to stop the run and make uh, Caleb Haney beat him with the pass. So now this is is the week where you got to be like Johnny Knox, uh, Roy Williams. Mm -hmm. You're going to be in one-on-one matchups on the outside. Yep. Caleb Haney is going to throw the ball way downfield when you're in one-on-one situations. You have to go and make a play for the other 52 guys that are on this roster. We're going to, and if you do that, all of a sudden the rest of the NFL is going to be like, hey, we just can't go one-on-one against the Bears and blitz them because they're willing to take a shot with their backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. It, it, this is it's really unfair. This is the best Bears team that we've had since the 80s, Coach. Honestly, I do believe that, and you can say whatever you want. I know the Packers are tremendously better than this team. This is a really good football team. We cannot catch the season if so. Second, uh, pretty strong statement from the Big Dog. David Olson, I don't know if it's maybe it's because of three-day week, but Big Dog coming out firing here. Talking about the relationship he's in now is going to be the final one, period, end quote. And this is the best Bears talent that they've had since the 1980s. And last time I checked, the 1980s, the mid-80s, were pretty good for the Chicago Bears. They had the, they had the most wins of the oh. 1980s of any team in the NFL, of course. I don't want to... I don't want to miscorrectly tease our listeners, but is there a possibility of a third strong statement coming up? Are you going to give us a one, two, three before the show's over? Oh, there's a, if we start talking college football, Coach, Woo! yeah, I'm sure I will give you a very, very, uh, like, wholehearted, wholeheartedly felt uh, comment. <laughs> yeah, David. So, well, we'll get, to, we'll get to see if Joel's right or not, because if the Bears can continue to play like they've played without Jay Cutler. That'll be an indication. That'll be an indication. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I completely agree. And this is one of those things where you just got to remind your guys, okay, you do have to tap up your intensity a little bit more because we're playing without mm-hmm. without Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to do anything more than you had to do when Jay Cutler was here. We don't need people. We don't need our defensive players all of a sudden be like, oh, I, 
I got to force a fumble. No, no, you just got to play your game and force fumbles like Coach Lovey Smith has always taught you how to do them. Okay. Uh, by the way, on the um, on the injury report, everyone's talking about the Cutler thumb. There is another injury to talk about. And this it's one is massive. Uh, it's massive, Coach. Yeah, massive. we're talking about the long snapper. Patrick Manley, we don't know the details of it yet, but a potential meniscus injury. This is a guy that has played in 217 career games, 145 consecutive games. I don't know if this is the injury you were talking about too, Big Dog, yeah. but Patrick Manley, the Iron Man, the long snapper for the beloved Bear, might be out next week. And this is something that maybe people that really don't know football are probably like, oh, no big deal. Think about this, Coach. This guy became the Bears' long snapper in 1998. He's missed three football games. And I got a trivia question for you, for everybody out there about Patrick Manley. Soon as he got hurt, the first thing I did is go to profootball-reference.com and look up Patrick Manley's stats. He's missed three games since 1998, okay? He's been the Bears' long snapper the whole time. While I'm looking this up, Claudia looks up and, and reads the fact that during Patrick Manley's time with the Bears, there have been 1,400-plus snaps from him. Wow to uh, either the kicker or the, the holder or the punter. Zero bad ones. Zero. I, this is the NFL. Since 1998, the guy has thrown the ball between his legs perfectly 1,400 times. I don't expect that to happen. As much as I tell people, never get an exchange problem in your kicking game, I still don't expect to, from now until, will that be 13 years from now, until 2024 that the Bears will not have any exchange problems in their kicking game. Can you imagine that, Coach? 13 years. 13 years we, in that We were talking, correct like me if I'm wrong, last week's show we were talking about Patrick Manley and how not only, you know, has uh, been longevity and how his snaps are good. I can't even remember a punter or a holder for a place kick even having to adjust. Yes, so like a bad exactly. snap or a bad kick, the guy is just right on tremendous consistency over a long lineage of time. It's amazing. Now, it didn't affect the play whatsoever, but Klutz, when he came in to – to do the long snapping, he mm -hmm. came in, and the first was a field goal attempt. Did you see how bad the snap was, Coach? No. The holder had to totally adjust, catch the ball almost behind him, and he, uh, the, the holder did just a phenomenal job of getting the ball down. So I'm, trust me, I'm worried about it. Not that club can't do it well, but, mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. One bad snap throughout those games is going to cost the Bears anywhere from three to seven points. Now they game. might... They might be looking for a guy. Is there any chance that people are wandering around the Aurora area? There is a minor possibility they might see a six foot two and a half inch, still semi svelte, two hundred and twenty five pounder bent over, possibly snapping a football at a tree or maybe uh you know the housewife next door or something like that. Any chance you might be uh, taking a gander at this position? You know what? I can do that. You know I long snap. That's why I'm asking. My whole my whole entire football career. Yes. I was our backup long snapper. As you know, you were the backup. Well, the, the point was, I was our, everywhere I went, I started both ways. I was our starting, you know, mm -hmm. tight end, so they didn't want me to get hurt. So I was always, I can do it. I can, without a doubt, I can do it. And if you don't believe I could do it, I want to, I want to ask you a trivia question about Patrick Manley. <laughs> he has been starting, the starting long snapper for the Bears since 1998. How many solo tackles does Patrick Manley have in his career? Think about this. He throws the ball between his legs, they punt it away, and everybody runs down there and goes for the tackle. Okay? He's been doing this since 1998. That's uh, 
went about 900 punts. So he has 900 chances for a tackle coach. And mm-hmm. how often do people, the Bears, give All up right. punt returns for touchdowns? It doesn't now, do you, you have the answer to the stat? I have the exact answer. I have all the Patrick Manley's career stats <laughs> right in front of me right now. Way to be okay. prepared for the show. Now, is the question solo tackles or just tackles? Solo tackles. Solos. All right. I'm going to guess, and any of our listeners that want to take a shot at it, 888-463-6748. You can email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Solo tackles, I'm going to say six. Over That's 13 not a bad years. guess, Coach. That's not a bad Probably guess. Probably even less than that. It, it is less. Just want to let you know, when I gave this out to the Grand Central Station, which was, uh, which was the house again yesterday, mm-hmm. I got many, I got, I got guesses between 10 and 100. Yeah, again, that the answer. key, the key is solo tackles. Solo. That makes a big solo. difference. It's probably like three. Well, just to let you know, Coach, in the, since he's been a Chicago Bear, Maybe he has zero. three. He has three assisted tackles. Three assisted tackles, one fumble recovery, and zero <laughs> tackles. Zero. All the, do you know? Do you know what your job is as the long snapper in the NFL? To snap the ball and make sure you don't get hurt. You don't even, they don't even want you running down there and making tackles. That's no joke. Now, most of us that watch the game watch the punter, watch the punt in the air. Tell us uh, from a, again a guy that's been in there up close and personal. How often, both on a field goal snap and a punt snap, how often does the snapper get hit? Just to let you know, I don't know when it was, but it definitely was in the last 15 years. It was during the late 90s. They they basically they came out with a rule that says you can't can the center. And what that means is if um, if somebody is in a kicking formation, an obvious kicking formation, field goal or punt. Right. Okay, you cannot tee off and hammer helmet to helmet the guy throwing the ball. It's called canning the center. And trust me, Coach, I was always on the end, always on the end, and in big-time situations in high school, we needed like a field goal block or a punt block. They were like, Rewanski, go can the center. And I would just go right over the center and as hard as I possibly could, put the guy on his back, and he would see me and be like, oh, no. Then they would worry about snapping the ball. That's illegal now in the NFL. You can't, you cannot hit the guy snapping the ball in the NFL anymore. Which you know is that. a good rule, I think. But, but certainly, uh, while he's snapping the ball, once he may, regains blocking position, then you can hit him. Yeah, you absolutely can. Yeah, you, yeah. But you still can't go helmet to helmet on the guy. Okay, well, I actually, you, I, I think that's a good rule. You, the only way, you can only hit a kicker in his shoulders from the side. It's a, it's a jacked up rule, but it's, if you play football, you know exactly what the rule is. You know, mm-hmm. You can't line right over him and go helmet to helmet on the guy. And it's, you know, snapping the ball. When I was growing up, coach, you know, my, like, I was like, coach, I can do this. They're like, we're not putting a guy that starts both ways as our starting long snapper. There's no way. And I was like, why? And then they, I started realizing, they're like, oh, guess what your job is now? And then when they explained it to me, I'm like, oh, now I know why you don't want me doing it. So, coach, it's, it's a technical job. This is Patrick Manley's only job. That, that's what I'm trying to tell everybody, was to throw the ball between his legs. He wasn't supposed to make tackles. He doesn't even have to block people, technically. He's like, legitimately, when you all, every single punt team I've ever been on in my history of playing <laughs> football, they, they don't even tell like, the, the, the center to block anybody. They have no blocking responsibilities. Do you know what I mean, Coach? I hear you. I'm just, I appreciate the fact we're getting all worked up here and 
David Olson, this is what separates our show from the other sports shows. Most of them talking about the injury to Jake Cutler. We're concentrating, rightfully so. Our show is about the Patrick Manleys of the world. That's what we symbolize. We're breaking down. We're getting more passionate about the Patrick Manley injury than Jake Cutler. I love that big dunk. Well, honestly, who's who's our backup at quarterback, Coach? <laughs> who's our backup at quarterback? Caleb Haney. Who's our backup at uh, long snapper? There you go. Like, ooh, we don't even know. It's, 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 it's right the fullback on well, Tyler, Tyler Klutz. Klutz yeah, yeah. But, but the silence meant we really – it's not his – And Matt Space is the third guy. So what's going to happen is the Bears are going to have to put – Manly on IR, and they're going to have to get another long snapper, people, because yep. they don't want two guys that play every single down to be their long snapper. They don't want – you can't have it, is my, is my point. So should I go up there, Coach? Ladies and gentlemen, the Chicago Bears would like to announce, joining our 53-man roster from Aurora, Illinois, College, McMurray College, please welcome – what number you want to be, Joe? I'm going to wear 13. Johnny, no, Johnny Knox has it. I guess I'll have to wear an eligible number, Coach, in, in honor – of Red Grange, I'm going to wear 77. They'll have to unretire it for me, Coach. Number 77 will be our uh, long snapper this week, Joel Radwanski. It's got a good sound do, to it. Do uh, Do you think they'd let me wear Red Grange's number, Coach? I sure. mean, I really like Illinois football. I think they would. I don't. Okay, it's that's... not retired. It's you know, Soldier Field, is it? It's. I ret- mean, I'm pretty sure they. Uh, there's only a few numbers retired. They got 34, yeah. 40, 51. 77. I'm sure George Connor's number is retired, but I'm not sure what number he wore. Well, you know, and it, it could start out as a long snapper, but we all know we're thin in the offensive line. By the way, th- thumbs up to a retooled offensive line. Mike Tyson and company, they did a nice job yesterday. But a couple of injuries in the offensive line, Big Dog, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, you might be thrust into a left guard role, and I might see you, you know, pulling out behind the center on a off-tackle sweep by Matt Forte. Stranger things you know, have happened. If you let Cloudy make it... If, he, if Cloudy keeps on making barbecue beef brisket with all ground potatoes, Coach, yep. I probably will have enough girth to at least surpass Frank Olmey's uh, ability on the offensive line. Yeah, and I guarantee if you're eating that and passing that as you pull out, the pursuit from the backside won't be very much, believe me. I know, but the problem is that when you're talking about the <laughs> NFC North, like Clay Matthews, uh, Keith Avril, Jared Allen, they kind of enjoy that smell, Coach. So that's... Like if I did it in front of Jared Allen, he'd be like, "Oh, what is that?" I mean, it's pungent. I mean, it wouldn't be good, coach. Oh goodness! All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Want to get to the NFL round him up, wrap him up. Let's get that done, big dog. And we do got to talk some college football because oh, I with you, uh, just totally a plus on college football the entire season, and particularly this weekend. Got to talk about it a little bit, big dog and a coach with you right up until eleven o'clock. Phone lines open eight 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 four six three six seven. Four, eight. By the way, on our Beat the Schmoes football picks, dog, um, I went one and one with a push. I thought I had the Ravens over the Bengals, but I checked my point spread this morning. It was a seven-point spread, so I push on that one. So I went one and one. David Olson, back down to earth, joining the rest of us in Mediocrityville with a one and two. And uh, you went, let's see, Oregon you lost, Michigan you won. Did Minnesota cover? Yes, they did, Coach. So you went two and one. Yeah, Michigan. The Minnesota was the biggest backdoor cover in the history of football. It was twenty-eight to ten. Minnesota had the ball inside Northwestern's ten-yard line twice in the fourth quarter and fumbled both times. I'm like, oh, they're never going to get one. And then late in the game, Jerry Kill decides to kick a field goal to make it twenty-eight to thirteen, and I win by half a point. 
that that's really really if you had any kind of pride and prestige, you wouldn't accept that victory. Do you know how many times in the, over the years the exact opposite <laughs> happened to me? I hear you. You take so, it. Yes, I did get lucky. Two take, weeks in a row, I got a half a point hook luck. I have to. I didn't go. I, I know. I got two backdoor covers in a row the last two weekends. Yeah. Two and one. Well, I'm you know one and one. I, I had that brief moment of success where I had four out of five winning weekends. I'm kind of back swirling around again, and I. Part of me wants to, uh, you know, it worked once, it might work again, fire my whole staff, they're getting settled in a little bit and go with a whole new crew. But I, you know what? This time around, I'm not going to panic, Big Dog. There's still, what, six weeks left? There's six weeks. Six or seven weeks left. I am not going to uh, jump to conclusions. I think I can still write the ship and maybe beat David Olson and yourself down the stretch. But um, I did I did think about firing everybody and going drastic because it worked the first time. You're going to need David Olson to go like 1 and 11 over like a four week stretch in order to catch him, coach. It's true. It's very, very true. But he does have a love of the Bengals and Texans this year, and I think that's all changing. So he might be all, he might be in a lot of trouble right now. All right. Speaking of the Bengals and the Texans, let's get to our uh, NFL round them up and wrap them up. Let's start off in the NFC North. Big high scoring game. Take the over. Detroit 49, Carolina 35. Big game for a Matt Stafford. Started off a little shaky, but he ended out throwing five touchdowns and uh, Javid Best is injured. They picked up Kevin Smith a couple of weeks ago. I have no idea who Kevin Smith is. He didn't play much last week. He stepped in this week, got 16 carries, 140 yards. Big win for the Lions and a bounce back. You know who Kevin Smith is, Coach. He's a second-round pick from Central Florida a couple of years ago. Had an ACL surgery. They cut him. He comes back, and it has been awesome. Talk about finding a guy off the street. This was like a second-round pick from a couple of years ago that you finally got some use out of that. That was amazing. Coach, I was telling this to the guys that were here yesterday. Nobody could recall a time that after one quarter of a game, a team looked so bad like the Detroit Lions did. They had no points. Three offensive turnovers after the first quarter, and they end up scoring 49 points. And they scored 49 points in the last three quarters of the game, Coach. Okay, it wasn't the first three possessions. They Two uh, Matt Stafford horrible interceptions and a fumble. That, uh, have you ever heard of an offensive turnaround like that in a game before in the NFL? No, and, and they needed it big time because you talk about a team in a funk, a team with uh, you know fairly high aspirations after the start. But boy, they they needed that bounce back game. Those were three quarters of football that, if you're a Detroit Lion fan, uh, like a cool, refreshing glass of water on a hot, deserted day. Yeah, and it it really is Cam for the Panthers. It's Cam Newton and Steve Smith versus the world. I mean, their defense is bad, and the rest of that offense. I don't know what I don't know why Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams don't get the ball more. I think Rivera's passing too yeah. much down there, but yeah. yeah, it's it's a good game, coach. It was a heck of a game to watch. Excitement. All right, game two on the docket: Green Bay over Tampa Bay, and the Battle of the Bays, thirty-five to twenty-six. Green Bay's defense still on again, off again, but their offense continues consistent. Broken record time: Aaron Rodgers, two hundred and ninety-nine yards, three touchdowns. Jordy Nelson. Having a heck of a season, big though. He caught six passes, hundred and some odd yards, couple of touchdowns. But uh, Rogers spectacular. Well, maybe not spectacular, but real good once again. Yeah, he was. Uh, that was probably his worst game of the season, and it was still a game that every single quarterback in the NFL would say, "Yeah, I had played a pretty good game." You know what I mean? The first time he wasn't dominant uh, all season long. The so what I'm going to say from this game is, is this: is Green Bay isn't as unbeatable as people may think they are. Okay, and the other one is this. Did you see LeGarrette Blunt's run, that 57-yarder that he cracked through the one of the years so far in the NFL? He broke seven tackles 
And it wasn't like people diving at his feet. People were wrapping him up, and he was pushing them off of him. Have you seen it, Coach? The I one have of the year not before. seen that. This is the same Legarrette Bump, by the way, who got in the fight, right, and got suspended. Oh, which time, Coach? Right, in college. Oh, well, he's also gotten uh, fights in pros and was released from teams. He's the most talented player with the worst attitude right now in the mm-hmm. NFL. We put the whole combination together. He's got a little bit of anger management situation, but apparently I haven't seen this run. Need to see it, but um, sounds like he runs angry as well, which sometimes can work for you. Well, if he wants the play of the week, uh, the plays of the week, whatever in NFL football, it's got to be either number one or number two. How about the Johnny Knox catch? Is that going to be in the top ten? That would be definitely in the top ten. What a heck of a you know! I want to throw this out by Johnny Knox, and I know we're in the middle of our football run of a wrap up. I've been wanting to say it all day. When he has the football, he's incredible. He is awesome making adjustments and catching the ball. His problem is running routes. If that guy could ever learn how to run a route, he'd be dominant. Oh, what a what a surprise. He fell down running a route because he cut with his inside foot, and he falls down, and guess what? That's the play Jay Cutler gets hurt on. Mm-hmm. You think about it, like this whole thing. Johnny Knox is a great receiver except for running routes, and that's why he's below average. And look, uh, messing up running a route has maybe cost the Bears their quarterback for the rest of this regular season. Yeah, you don't want to blame that on Johnny Knox. But, I mean, you're right. It happened. But, boy, that's, you know, connecting part A to part B to part C there. That's a that's a tough one to hang on Johnny Knox. I don't think I want to go there. I will tell you, though, that when the guy, he, uh, he tripped in the end zone, lost his balance. I've seen guys before lose their balance, readjust, and make a great catch. But this is one of the few times you see it lose a balance, almost fall, look up for the football, and it's on the other shoulder. So uh-huh. off of the loss of balance, you have to turn around and readjust. By the way, you've got an all-pro defense, or you got a, you know, an NFL defensive back guarding you at this point. And he readjusts and still makes the catch. That was uh, outstanding, if not slash spectacular. And, you know, yeah, it was. And think about the guy delivering the ball. He felt the rush coming, ducked in, was twirled around, got out of the guy's grasp, and flings the ball into a part of the end zone where only – Knox can catch it, and of course, Knox had to make all those adjustments, like you just said. It was it was one heck of a play by the Bears yesterday. Mm-hmm. All right, moving right along. Oakland knocks off Minnesota, twenty-seven to twenty-one. Thank you very much, by the way, for not having me pick that game and beat the Schmoes. You assisted me a little bit, but uh, the big story there: Adrian Peterson gets injured in the first quarter. Vikings struggle without him. Obviously, you got a rookie quarterback without the star running back, and Oakland wins again, big dog, and uh, it'll be Oakland that will be testing Caleb Haney first and foremost next Sunday. It's uh, it's definitely going to be a tough matchup. The the Raiders got a pretty decent defense. They got a couple really great players like Michael Huff, their strong safety, who is uh, like extremely versatile. They got a bunch of good players, Richard Seymour. So it, it's going to be a tough game coming up here. And uh, they they did enough to win in Minnesota. They were dominating that game, and they fell asleep, coach. And next thing you know, Minnesota had a chance to win the game late. It was twenty four seven, and the, the Raiders put it on cruise control. And next thing you know, the, the Vikings have the ball down six late in the game. And, and Christian Ponder, just, just too young right now, makes a lot of just like rookie throws that you're like, wow, that was bad, really bad. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia knocks off the Giants, keeping along on the NFL, round them up and wrap them up 17-10. to 10. No Michael Vick. Vince Young plays, plays pretty well. And the uh, Philadelphia defense stepped up. And similar to Detroit, you talk about a team in big need of a victory, the Eagles were, but their defense all over Eli Manning, and they held the Giants to what, like 40, 50, I think it was actually 30 yards rushing total. Impressive. Wow. Now, now, Coach, I started watching college football, there's no joke, at 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, 
And this is after watching every single snap of the Oklahoma State-Iowa State game from the night before. Okay, and I watched football all the way up until the start of the Eagles-Giants game on Sunday night, and I realized I had to get out of the house and off the couch. So I did not watch. That's the only game all weekend I did not watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm embarrassed. Well, I'm embarrassed to say I couldn't yeah. put in an extra three hours of sitting on the couch. I couldn't handle it anymore. I had to get up and move. No reason to be embarrassed. I just announced these games, and uh, I don't even care to uh, fake well, I that, I, that I even watch a lot of these games. But, you know, I follow it as much as I can. But we all have lives, Big Dog. We can't sit there and watch TV from start to finish. How about the Ravens knocking off Cincinnati 31-24? to Andy Dalton. Uh, he had some yardage, but he got intercepted three times. The Raven defense coming through, and Baltimore knocks off Cincinnati. That was a pretty big game, big win for the Raven. Heck of a game, man. And, you know, you hate to hand in the NFL hand out, oh, they tried really hard. But, you know, the Bengals are extremely young, Coach, and they're in the second toughest division in all of football, and, and they're hanging in there with uh, the, the Bengals and the Steelers. So I, I, I see nothing but upward momentum. Who's the, um, the who's Bengals. the coach? Who's the coach for Cincinnati? Coach, when I tell this, you're going to be like, yeah, I totally forgot. Marvin Lewis, he's been there still in his ninth year. Okay, this is ninth, at least his ninth year in Cincinnati. I would yeah. say somehow I got you know I get Herm Edwards and Marvin Lewis mixed up, but that was what I was thinking. Is it still Herm Edwards? They didn't fire him, did they? Yeah, Marvin Lewis, who took yeah. a lot of flack. A lot of people wanted him gone, but uh, they stayed the course, and he's doing a heck of a job with this young, unexpected Cincinnati Bengal team. The, the GM for Cincinnati, which I, I can't think of his name right now, they asked him, should he fire Marvin Lewis? And he basically said, I haven't given him a good enough team to evaluate him with. Mm-hmm. How many GMs would say that, Coach? How many GMs would basically be like, yeah, I, I can't fire him because I haven't given him any talent? It's way well, too GM, logical, way too logical, way too much common sense for today's current uh, professional sports. And and, uh, and the Brown family loved the GM for saying that, and they, they kept everybody around, and now look, all. The moves that the Bengals have made the last two seasons, Coach, they have so many young players at important positions. The, the Bengals are now a factor in the NFL for the next couple of years, and I, no one will believe me because they haven't been for 20 years, but they are now. All right, well, piggybacking on that, let's talk about another team that's been down and out. Their coach was basically fired about uh, four weeks ago, but all of a sudden it's a great story. Developing story, but a great story in the NFL. We're talking about the Miami Dolphins and Coach Tony Spatano. Not only win, but they crush the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo sagging rapidly out in the east, but 35-7, to a team left for dead. Big Dog wins their third game in a row. And I don't think that defense, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I read where the Dolphin defense has not given up a touchdown in the last three games, all victories. Uh, So Tony Spatano? Yeah, what did I say? At least you didn't call him uh, Soprano, which everybody else calls him. So it's Soprano, which is cool. But I don't think he minds, just as long as they keep on winning. You know, uh, their coach, Mike Ditka, said the surprise team of the NFL in the second half is going to be the Miami Dolphins. It's a good call. Yeah, he was right, because they played phenomenal. Coach, their defense is its not bad. They got Fonte Davis, uh, who is the best corner in football nobody knows of besides uh, – uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Joseph of the, of the Houston Texans, the kid from Illinois, Vontae Davis is phenomenal. They got Channing Crowder, Joey, I mean, excuse me, uh, what do you call it, Jason Taylor. They got a decent defense in, 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 in uh, and who Cameron Wake, too. You know who Cameron Wake is? This kid grew up in Canada, loved football. They didn't even play football at his high school, but he just loved the idea of running into people at full speed, and he was a <laughs> massive kid. So 
you know, like he talked to like the hockey coach. You know, anybody that plays uh, football, they found this kid. They, they they taught him a little bit of football, like his senior year in high school. He plays at a junior college, and they were like, "Oh my God, you're the best freaking football player the school's ever seen." He makes the NFL that way, coach. I mean, that's just the kids love football so much they didn't even play growing up. But I guess when you're six four, two hundred eighty five pounds, that can run like the wind. They will figure. Yeah, they'll they'll figure out if you if you're mean enough and if you can play in the NFL. By the way, I watched Avante Davis play at uh, University of Illinois. I went down there for a rare moment in time. His freshman year, it was like their fourth, fifth game of the season, play in Michigan State. Uh huh. Freshman starting a quarter. I didn't know who he was, but I watched that game, Big Dog. And you know, I don't know too many things, but one of the few things. I think I'm pretty good at talent evaluating, and right off the bat, like halfway through the game, by the end of the game, I said to people, hey, this freshman cornerback for Illinois, he is really good. And I watched him throughout his career, Vontae Davis, and now, like you said, he's one of the best in the NFL. As a sidelight, Illinois has got another defensive back who I think is one of the best in college football. This kid, Terry Hawthorne, is going to be the next Vontae Davis. He's amazing, both as a cover guy and as a tackler. Uh, Coach, you are exactly right. Terry Hawthorne was the number one receiver coming yep. out of high school football three years ago. Illinois stupidly turned him into a DB, and he's been hurt the first two years, so we really couldn't evaluate him. Well, he's been healthy this year, and he has been without a doubt. Everybody talks about Jonathan Brown and Winston Merciless on the Illinois defense. Who are both really another, good. Which played another good game this week against uh, Wisconsin. Yes, they, yes, they did. Hammered. Uh, but yeah, Terry Hawthorne is our best defensive player. And I'm going to tell you this, finally, I've been begging all year long, and we'll get back to the NFL Ron about wrapping up, but all year long I've been making fun of how bad the Illinois special teams are. Did you watch the Wisconsin game this weekend? Oh my God. I mean, I do want to get to college football, but we're not going to get be able, we're going to have to do a lot of it tomorrow, but, uh, that was on my top. I watched the entire game and their special teams just unbelievable. Not just the drop snap, which turned the game around, but just Almost from start to finish on every play, their special teams horrible, and their special teams are coached by Ron Zook. Yeah, and, and I, I jokingly say this all the time. I'm like, if I'm playing against Illinois, I punt the ball on first down because <laughs> you're going to gain 75 yards yeah. on the play. How, how uh, about how about Illinois' punt return team? Uh, A month and two balls over the head of the punter that or the punt returner that went 75 yards. Illinois pins Wisconsin down at the eight yard line. Okay, they're up by four points. And I'm like, hey, kid, defense comes out second half, gets the ball back where I'm high-fiving. There's, there's Wisconsin fans here that are like, sulking about the lead. And next thing I know, the Wisconsin punter gets up a pretty good punt of about 45 yards. And Terry Hawthorne, who should have been our punt returner from game one, this is his first punt that he's going to feel as an Illinois player. And I'm telling everybody, oh, finally, everybody's laughing. Oh, you finally got a new punt returner, Joel. It's all good. Well, the guy, it lands right over Terry Hawthorne's head and it bounces another 30 yards. And instead of Illinois getting the ball yeah. at like their Wisconsin's 45, they get it at their own 11. Coach, it was a 76 yard punt. I... All they had to do was catch it and it's a 40 yard punt. Watched every single play of that game, Big Dog, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it, I can't remember the exact situation, but it was at a fairly critical time. Illinois was up four, and I'm not kidding you, after that play happened, Wisconsin dominated the rest of the football game. Absolutely yeah. annihilated Illinois the rest of the way. Yeah. All right, we'll get back to a college football NFL roundup. David Olson, you got a, a note on our beloved Bears. Yeah, yeah, the Bears have released statements. Uh, Jay Cutler Ooh, def- They released who? They've released statements oh, on the so. two statements injuries we've been no talking longer, about. Statements is not part of the team anymore. It got released. No, no, no. Oh, okay. But, no, they, they they've – Confirmed that Jay Cutler will have surgery on the thumb tomorrow, out six to eight weeks, but they're hoping to have him back in the last week of the regular season. Cool. 
Okay. That was, yeah. yeah. Please, uh, he needs to play the Minnesota game. I don't want him starting his first game back in the playoffs. You know what I mean, guys? They're going to be looking to bring in a, another backup for uh, Jay Cutler or Jay Cutler, Caleb Haney. Right. Uh, JT O'Sullivan is the name that's being floated out there. Not bad. Oh. Not bad. As compared to some of the other ones, Big Dog, JT O'Sullivan, not that bad. And, and uh, let's face it, he's not—he's coming in to give practice reps. That's what JT well, O'Sullivan. Well, yeah, but keep in mind, whoever they bring in is one hit away from being the starting quarterback for your beloved Bear, like next week in the first quarter. No, so it's the, whoever the backup. Well, no, whoever they're bringing in, David is going to. The guy they're going to bring. The guy they're going to bring in will be ahead of Enderley, I would assume. That, that's what, that's the question I was asking you. Uh, I'm not sure. They're, I mean, they're going to. They, they've got to bring in another guy, though. Yeah, so. they, you have to just for practice. You can't have Enderley and 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 Haney doing all the scout work in practice. Uh, what else? Uh, injury note number two: Patrick Manley is oh, a torn ACL. No. Oh! He's done for the season. Oh! They're going to be bringing in veterans this week to uh, for tryouts. Hundred and forty-six game streak is over. Big dog. Coach, you got to get me up to Lake Forest. I'm telling you, I can throw a football between my legs. Okay. I can throw a football farther between my legs than I can overhand, Coach. <laughs> I'll take a taxi. I'll pay for it. Okay, you got someone's got to get me up to Lake Forest, and I'm not just saying this because I want to be a professional football player. I'm saying it because the Bears need me, Coach. What, what a great story that would be! All of a sudden, a guy just shows up out of nowhere, practicing snaps right out in front of the Burton, not the Burdo Center, but the George Hallis uh, practice center up at Lake Forest. A couple of Bears coaches see who the guy is, and all of a sudden he becomes a fan favorite. He's one of ours. He's a Bears fan. Turn player, Joel Radwanski. I love the story. Coach, Coach, if you come out and pick me up right now, I will go. We'll just stay outside the Bears practice facility. And if you don't mind, I'll just start throwing the ball between my legs to you for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, and force them, like right outside the facility. And finally, they'll come out. You got to leave. And I'm like, do, 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 I, do I have to leave? Do I run? And then I'll throw the ball between my legs. The security guard's going to be like, wow, did you see this guy? Should we spin it? You should do it. Hop in the car. Let's go. Should we call I'm the media not... first, or just let them let him just... just just go out there? The media will see him. Yeah. Coach, get... please. I'm not kidding you. I'm I'm serious. I want to do it. Come get, send the cab out here. I oh. will go out there. As a matter of fact, I'll wear my Willie Galt night '83 jersey <laughs> while I do it. Okay. I'll call. Uh, I'll call you after the show. We'll talk. It'd be good. Good pup. Would you somehow like? How are you going to publicize the two guys in a mic show if you're on? The NFL well, is very strict on what you wear during game day. I won't wear orange shoes, and without a doubt, you got you got a T-shirt company, don't you? Make up a T-shirt. Okay. We got we got to we got to make this happen. I only got a couple other things I need to do this today, and one of them is washing my hair, and I'm bald. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll talk to you after the show. We got two minutes sure. left. Sadly, we're not going to get to college football, but boy, I, I didn't watch as much as you, Doug. But I watched uh, the I, US, I do the, remember. I watched the USC Oregon game, and then at the end of that, they went to the final five minutes of Baylor in Oklahoma. Wow! All I can say wow. is that's that's just quality college football. It's great. All stuff. I'm gonna say is this: is Mike Stoops did not win that game. Bob Stoops didn't win the game as as a, as a coach at Oklahoma. But you talk about a guy coaching a game to win. He was going to go for two, coach. When they were down 38 to 37 yep. with 40 seconds to go.
go in the game after they just scored. Oklahoma was going for two, folks, except the, uh, the guard uh, moved, and they had to back it up, so they had to kick the, the extra point. Mm-hmm. And, and when Baylor gets the ball back with Calls. 41 seconds to go in the game, they call timeout. the timeout. Yep, which came back to haunt them. But you know what? At the time, it's I couldn't argue with it because you're, you're hoping to get playing. the ball back. He was playing to win. After I mean, I love Bob. I always like Bob Stoops. After that, I know they lost, but I just I tip my hat. That guy, that coach was not coaching afraid. He wasn't like, if I call a timeout and this doesn't work, I'll be the scapegoat. No, he was like, the best chances for us to win are for me to call a timeout right here. It didn't work out, but honestly, they forced Baylor to make a big play. They didn't. The kid made a big play. Robert Griffin, the third. That was, that was my first time getting a look of uh, RG3, Robert Griffin, the third. And, and my first thought was Cam Newton. He stands tall in the pocket. He looks past first. But if he needs to run, he's very effective. And I think with that phenomenal comeback and the great game, well, not comeback, but miracle play at the end and um, tremendous performance against Oklahoma, I put Robert Griffin, the third, right to the front of the Heisman Trophy race, big dog. He gets, if it, if you voted today, I would vote him number one right now. Coach, if you, the difference between him and Cam Newton is Cam Newton doesn't outrun you very much. Robert Griffin will outrun you and he's not going to break tackles. Well, Cam Newton will break tackles. And do you see Griffin his arm? Has, Griffin's that, got a better arm than Newton. Oh my goodness. Into the wind. Into the, the wind. He flung it over two defenders into the corner of the end zone from how far away? 45, 50 yards? Uh, I w- well, he was about the 35-yard line, but it was on an angle, so that the throw was 50-55 that yards. That was an coach unbelievable air. throw into a fairly stiff win. And the, and it was right on the money, and it was kind of off to the side. He, yep. he, it was not like he got to step into it yes. and throw it over the top. Yeah, he was, was throwing across his body. There were there were oh, NFL what? scouts that were salivating <laughs> after watching that throw, no question about it. Dog, we'll talk a lot of college yes. football tomorrow. I'll talk to you all, fair, see if we can figure out something for Lake Forest. Great stuff, and only two more days this week. Now you get Thursday and Friday off, so uh, great start to the week. I expect more of your outstanding analysis. Notice how I pronounce that on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Coach, if anybody wants to know where I'm at, I'm going to be in front of Lake Forest throwing a ball between my legs. <laughs> All right, dog, be good. Later. Two guys, <laughs> two guys in a mic show signing off. Big Dog and a Coach, we'll see you uh, tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.